Hi everyone, Jill Diarpino from Aftermath of Suicide. It is um, Sunday evening and I'm actually doing a podcast in the evening. I'm sitting here with some tea and it's been rainy all day. One of my favorite uh, weather elements, being sarcastic by the way, <laughs> which I'm very good at being. Um, anyway, I want to talk about coping with rejection in this episode that I'm going to do. And I thought about this, you know, listening to life and watching it over my, I'd say, 45 years, because many of that I was a child, and I I can't say that I was a parent during those years. But as a parent, you know, watching the way parents behaved um, in today's society, everyone, everyone gets an award. Even for last place, you get an award. I mean, come on. You know, this is ridiculous. If we can't teach our children how to lose, they are going to not be able to do very well getting through life. And I'm going to bring this up, not because it's about politics, but it's the message that I want to tell you. When my daughter was in college in L.A., now this was in 2016, because the election um, when Trump won over Hillary, she said that they had, um, you know, call, it was called crying rooms. The college actually um, gave out specific rooms where you could go and cry. And they had counselors on hand. And for a minute, I thought she was teasing. And I thought, I said, what? I mean, can you imagine this? Now, you would have thought the world had ended. You would have thought it was 9-11, okay, to have crying rooms and, and counselors on hand for those that had voted for Clinton. And again, this isn't about red, blue, anybody. It's not about Clinton or Trump. This is about what the school was doing for adults, okay? These aren't little kids, these are 18 and up. And I, I couldn't, I was in shock. I couldn't even believe it. And I never forgot that to this day. My daughter graduated in 2017 and I never forgot it. But I was coming across a um, article I love to read. Reading is knowledge, you know, and knowledge is power. And I don't mean power in a bad way. Anytime I use that word, we kind of think of the word power as a bad connotation, you know, power. He's got power over her. You know, that, that word tends to sort of seem to be dark to a lot of people. But power is very, um, you know, it, well, it empowers you. When you, you know, feel like you can actually join in a conversation and you're educated on something, there is no better feeling than sitting there being silent or talking out of your ass where you're saying something and you don't have a clue on what the hell you're, you're talking about. And that's why I always taught my daughter to educate yourself on both sides of the story so you could understand the other person's side, you know, and vice versa. I wish more people in this country would do this. There wouldn't be so much division, you know, and hate and beating somebody over the head, uh, you know, 
drive-by shootings, just just awful, where nobody wants to hear anybody's opinion, unless it's theirs. Um, and by the way, today in New York City, sadly, an a Asian woman, and not old, but uh, what a sweetheart of a lady she looked, and she died from being mugged in Times Square. This was just yesterday, and she died from her injuries. And so I'm just blown away at the lack of the, the lack of value of life. And you've heard me say this before. People are dying for $20. Uh, that's all their life was worth. So anyway, I was talking to my daughter, and as I've done with both of my children, with my son as well when he was alive, about being able to cope with rejection. This is what I'm going to talk about today in an article I read, because this is a huge one. And this kind of stuff, if you're not prepared to cope, can really spiral you towards some type of a mental problem. I mean, it can get you, um, you know, I mean, mental illness comes from any little thing and it rolls and it rolls and it rolls till it's a huge, you know, avalanche of picture a huge snowball that is, you know, the size of a, a mountain coming down a hill. And that's, that's what this turns into when people don't know how to cope. And I'm speaking mostly today to parents that have younger children, but really to anybody that has a child. So, you know, this is just advice to our young people. And by the way, I want to shout out to a couple of my sponsors, um, Alter New Media, uh, a marketing company that I used. They are excellent. I have to say Nadia, one of the, she's an owner and just really works with you, goes the extra mile, gives you above and beyond you know, and she just really cares about you. It's not about just your dollar sign to her. So alternewmedia.com as well as clearpaththinking.com. That is an excellent site if you need a life coach, which many people do today with the changes that are in store for so, so many, um, you know, with loss of jobs and moving and just all kinds of disasters that are going on right now. And you don't even know where to begin. Really, sometimes our problems, there are so many. When my son first took his life, I was so overwhelmed with everything that was going on. And when I started to think about it, I, I couldn't handle it because it was just too much. And so you have to, you know, make the list of what is a priority. And, you know, so with clear path thinking as a life coach, that's what Joe does. He listens to you. What is important to you? What is it you are looking for in life? How do you define success? What does success look like if you got it? So it's important right now to really try to help yourself and maybe, you know, direct your attention towards something new. And new is never easy. Change is never comfortable, but that's um, where you need a life coach because they know how to direct you and help you navigate. So clearpaththinking.com. 
Um, so you're going to hear me kind of rustle a paper here a little because I'm reading an article that obviously I'm not that smart that I could actually um, look at this and memorize the whole thing. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? So anyway, so I'm going to read this. Uh, Throughout our lives, we all confront the challenge of rejection in our personal relationships at school, the workplace, and so on. Of course, some folks struggle with this sense of loss more than others. How individuals deal with rejection can partially shape the trajectory of their lives. And that is so true. And parents, please allow your kids to fail. It is okay. Some people can expect the worst if they become accustomed to rejection and crawl into a shell of anxiety and depression as a result. By contrast, others might strive to build character traits such as motivation and perseverance due to several rejections. Famous athletes, business folks, entertainers, military leaders, etc. often had to toil for years through trial and error before they made it. If you encounter a rejection scenario, it's crucial to take it in stride as just a natural facet of slings and arrows of human existence. However, it's normal to feel gloomy when you experience an occurrence of a turndown. And when I'm reading this, it's not me saying I. It's the, it's the person that wrote this article, Christian Mill, Millard. So um, it says, I recall a number of examples from my own life when I attempted to transcend depression following re- rejection letters in the spheres of employment and writing. Yes, written letters delivered by mail, whereas now you might receive a letdown notice via email or text. So, you know, going through many uh, rejection letters, but there were no stated reasons for this turndown. It might have been due to the fact that during my childhood, our family moved almost every year all over North America. Perhaps the RCMP desired candidates whose upbringings and greater stability I was a tad depressed, but moved on because I was attending university and working, so I didn't have time to wallow in depression. Next, during the four-year tour in the U.S. Coast Guard, I had a roller coaster event. I was very interested in a flying career, so I applied to the Coast Guard aviation sector. I passed the flight physical and underwent an interview with a panel of officers in Mobile, Alabama. After a few weeks, I received one of those soft landing rejection letters, you know, that offered no specific rationale for turning me down. I figured that it could be due to a minimal number of completed math or physics courses. It took me longer to get over this rejection because I had exerted much more effort into the entire process. However, I carried on with my duties and vowed to do my best in whatever avenues life took me because some events are beyond one's control. I've lost count of how many rejection letters I've received from private and public sector institutions, as well as for articles submitted to print publications. In a few years, I started to pen essays on a wide range of topics and began to submit them for publication. For over 20 years, I was also involved with education where I had the privilege of assisting students who wrestled with reading and writing. There were countless rejection notices by email or postal mail, and often no response at all from editors and publishers. These learning experiences fueled my persistence in writing persuasive and timely articles 
that fit in particular philosophical of each publication, I discovered that writers are fortunate if 20% of their creations are accepted for publication. I've had over 100 articles published, so do the math as how many I've authored. Rejection is part of life, and it can be painful, but it can also build character and lead you toward your destiny in life. Whenever you face rejection, cope with it, putting your shoulder to the wheel and seeking the silver lining in each situation. With time, you might even develop a thick skin and shrug it off, each closed door with a view toward the next learning opportunity. Faith in your God-given talents can also generate a balanced perspective on life. Remember that acceptance or rejection can arrive when you least expect them to. So expect the unexpected and handle each moment with dignity. I couldn't say it any better. You know, having been in sales most of my life, most of my career, a lot of rejection in sales, right? You're told no, not now, not today, I'll come back, whatever. And I realized early on, I mean, I knew it wasn't personal. Everybody's no wasn't a no to me. It was a no to the product. And it wasn't personal. And I never took it that way, which is why I had so many awards for first place in, as sales person of the month and of the quarter. I never took rejection personal. Um, so in life, you're going to get a lot of those. And if you can't stomach this from an early age because your parent is, you know, coddling you and everything, you're a winner and, you know, nobody hears those, those words, you're a loser. I mean, you're not going to make it. And there are so many kids today, and I say kids, but in their 20s, that are not prepared. And I remember Dr. Brazelton, most won't remember this unless you've had children my age that are in their 30s. Dr. Brazelton was a very famous pediatrician. And he said then, when my kids were young, this is the most unprepared generation of our time. And look at it now. That's what we're seeing pretty much playing out in the streets, the 30s and younger, 32 my daughter is. But he was, he was right a long time ago. Um, and Thomas Edison once said, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. So it's like in anything, right? You pick yourself up and you start all over. And not to say it's easy, not to say you're not exhausted, not to say it's, it's not okay to cry. It is. Rejection is, can be devastating, you know, especially when you've just put every hope you had into that one thing. And that's why I've always taught my daughter, never put all your apples in one basket. You know, you've heard that saying, um, to rely on just one thing. So you spread it out. You know, you apply for several jobs, whatever it is you're doing. Um, you write several letters to people because you're only going to get so many responses back. In sales, you were lucky if you closed 10% of your sales for the month of the people that you saw. I was a 32% closer 
most of the time. And that's very high. Um, and we all know in sales, you know, it's people like you. That's why they buy. They buy you. And no one is ever going to buy from somebody they don't like. Have you ever gone into a store like Best Buy or whatever? And let's say that, you know, the, the, the salesman is sarcastic and condescending and an asshole. Are you going to buy that TV or computer from him? Of course not. You're going to walk away and maybe come back another time or a different shift and buy it later or go somewhere else. So, you know, a lot of times people buy from you even if they didn't want what you were selling them because they liked you so much. So it is important to work on yourself. Work on yourself. Confidence is the key to many things in life. And for those women out there, men love women that are confident, just so you know, if you're single. Um, It's, you know, and it's, it's not something that you can fake either. People know. People know when you're confident and, and it's real. But have confidence in yourself. Why not? You are the only person that is you. Everybody has a gift. Every one of us has a gift that someone else doesn't have. You think about that. Find your gift and open it and share it with people. But please do your kids a favor to get through life, to get through life with, in relationships with friends, spouses, partners, anyone. Rejection is a part of life. And for those that can't handle this, this is a very dangerous place to be when you can't handle rejection. Uh, those people can spiral very easily into a dark place and a dangerous place, a danger to themselves, but also someone else. So I hope you enjoyed um, this little article and this topic today. I try to find, you know, different things to talk about that all still tie in to mental illness, because anything that I talk about on my show is always about something that can pertain to your mental state. And like I said, parents, you are your child's role model. They look up to you. You know, fathers, you are your son's role model as to what a father should be. How a father treats his kids. How a man treats his wife. That's how your son could grow up and treat his wife. So it's the way you talk to your wife. It's the way if you're physically abusive. And women, same for you. How you talk about your husband or to your husband or put their dad down. And women, how you dress and the guys you bring over and you're sleeping with different guys in the house and you've got daughters. Shame on you. Because that's what they're seeing. And you are a role model to your daughter as to how a woman should behave. How should a mother be a role model to her daughter? You know, you can do whatever you want to do. Do it somewhere else. But you don't need to bring them home. So, you know, that was something. I always wanted my kids to be proud and respect me and not 
you know, um, well, I've, I've had, you know, I, I listen to a lot of stories that my daughter's friends, moms, and these stories about all the men that came and went, and I, you know, and how the daughter felt, and I would listen to Nicole's friends. They were in junior high, and I just felt sad for them. And I thought, God, the mother has no clue the damage she is doing. And then you wonder why they grow up and they become the same way, because that's what they saw. That's what they were taught. Not to say that you can't change that. Not to say that it's all the mother or father's fault. But most of what we do is learned behavior. Most people aren't as intelligent enough to say, I'm going to find a way out and teach myself not to be like my dad or my mom or whoever raised them. I don't want this life, whether it's being abusive or doing drugs or watching your parents do drugs or, you know, any of that. So remember, you are the role model to your children and coping with rejection is really important more than you realize because it's something they're going to get and go through their entire life at some point here and there. So I'm going to be signing out. Please be kind to one another. This is just really, I keep saying this every time. These are trying times. It's difficult out there and it seems to be getting worse. And I'm just so disheartened and saddened for this country. So be kind to other people and be kind to yourself. Take care. Have a good Sunday evening. Good morning, everyone. This is Jill D'Arpino with AftermathOfSuicide.com. You know, I love to read, and you read. reading is so much knowledge, but it also gets you to think about something you really weren't thinking about, or you knew but had forgotten it, like being kind, like doing things for others, and I don't mean you know, always having to cost something. So, you know, this month is um, coming up November, uh, December is not, is my worst month. Uh, my son took his life December 27th. So my, the anniversary uh, coming, I start to, from now, I think about what I was doing before that time you know, four weeks before, one, three weeks before, uh, when I saw him, we went to a movie. I start re- reliving all of that from now through that morning and the next day and the next in the funeral. And, you know, just months, because it doesn't just stop after the funeral. Actually, it's just the beginning of your grief. So, This can be a real sad time for a lot of people, especially those that have lost someone to suicide. Um, Holidays are tough, and suicide is such a different type of loss. Suicide and murder are the two hardest deaths to get through. Lots of unanswered questions. Uh, So, you know, I'm, I'm urging you this month especially to reach out to those that have lost a loved one. It doesn't have to be through suicide 
or those that are prone to depression, um, especially those that don't have a family really and they're alone. Um, if you can invite them to your house for dinner, that would be so kind. Uh, but I'm, I read this article and it's called Seven Simple Ways of Making the Most of the Season of Giving. And so I'd like to read this to you. It's not very long, but I want you to really take stock in this and think about it. Maybe even re-listen to this podcast. Over tip, it says, one of the simplest ways to incorporate giving into your regular life is by over-tipping. And I have to tell you, as a waitress years ago, that's what you really live on. Even today, they don't make much Um, When we were at the Cracker Barrel last month, I asked the waitress, so, I mean, do you get $15 an hour? And she said, oh, no, I make $5.25 an hour. And so you got to think if somebody might give her two or three bucks at a table, I was shocked because you cannot live on that. So please, if, if it's possible to budget extra funds for this idea, establish the habit of going above and beyond the typical amount you'd normally tip. Whenever you go out to eat, pick up your dry cleaning, receive a delivery, get a haircut, get out, out of a hotel, checking out, or have any professional service performed at your home, you have an opportunity to tip big. If it's in the budget, choose moments to offer an unexpected blessing to someone this holiday season. Next is treat your neighbors. Our neighbors play a special role in our everyday lives. One way to show your appreciation for them is to offer them special holiday treats. Deliver fresh baked cookies, a pie, or some specialty you're adept at. Pick up something you know they just love. Deliver them a note sharing a gratitude for having a neighbor. Uh, Simply give them a personal holiday card to let them know you're thinking of them. We all are so accustomed to lightning-fast communication at our fingertips. Isn't that the truth? That re-receiving a thoughtful note or package in the mail means more than ever. Make a loved one's day by sending them a care package filled with curated treats you know they'll love or a simple note of appreciation. Simple gestures warm the heart and are greatly appreciated. This works beautifully for relatives and friends who live far away, but also for those close by. When mail unusually, usually comprises junk and bills, a surprise message of love is a total delight. Give your undivided attention. This is so important, guys. Not, everyone act, not every act of generosity requires money or things, of course. Something that is becoming an ever more rare commodity is undivided attention. Put your phone away. Turn it off. Make an extra effort to step away from the screens and other distractions when you're with others and offer them your undivided attention. This can take a surprising amount of practice, but if you aim for progress throughout the season, you may be thrilled to find that you've been able to deeply connect with the people in your life. Let your cares be light and share your lightness with those around you. Even if you're sad, It actually helps your depression to do something for others because it does give back to you. You feel good about yourself when you're nice to someone, when you did something and you went out of your way. 
The events of the past couple of years have certainly exacerbated the problems of loneliness for many. Take stock of how your loved ones or acquaintances are doing and offer your time and pay attention to those feeling lonely. Paying a visit, sharing a cup of coffee or tea, or ringing them on the phone may mean more than you'd imagine to people who have been suffering from loneliness. Make the effort and spread holiday cheer to those who most need it. And you all know somebody who needs it. Surprise someone. The element of surprise in giving can be such a delight to both the recipient and the giver. Offer surprises to anyone you can this holiday season. An unexpected gift, a freshly baked treat, a candy cane hung on their doorknob, a Christmas dinner to someone in need, or picking up someone else's bill are all ways that you can surprise someone else and have such fun giving. And I have to tell you, one time, one Christmas season, I was driving through the Starbucks. And when I got up to the, you know, to pick up um, my order, and I said, okay, so how much? And she said, oh, no, the, the driver in front of you bought your coffee. <laughs> and I thought, how nice is that? I mean, who would really, it, it, it's a great thought. And not that we all couldn't do that. So you know what? I did the same thing. I said, you know what? I'm going to pay for that guy behind me's order. So what is that total? And that way, when he got pulled up to pay, he got the same thing. Oh, the lady in front of you paid for your order. So those are nice things to do. It could be any fast food restaurant even, you know, So generously compliment and thank. And that is something that so much of us lack doing, myself included. Finally, and perhaps most simply, look for the good in others and offer genuine compliments. Gratitude for the simplest things in life is one of the easiest and most effective ways to share hope, beauty, and goodness within yourself and with those around you. Be a light this holiday season, a refreshing, uplifting, and optimistic influence on the environment around you. Um, before I say a little more, I, I want to thank a couple of my sponsors, uh, clearpaththinking.com. Uh, Joe is excellent as a life coach. If you are looking to change your life, uh, maybe you need a career change, you've lost your job, uh, your business closed, You have to move away, and you're trying to adapt to all that. Change isn't comfortable for anybody, and those are major changes, you know. So he's really great at that, Um, and he also wrote a book, uh, Don't Believe Everything You Think by Joe Post. It's an e-book that you can purchase. Um, It's on my website on the Meet Jill page, Um, and... Uh, You know, I have to say, it's hard for us to change our paradigm, to actually, like I said, step out of our comfort zone, to do something different, and to even say, you know, how do I even do this? Where do I start to change something different? To You know, I've worked at this place, let's say XYZ, for 20 years. That's all I know. So... Having a life coach isn't something 
where I think people misconstrue that, you know, they're going to be there and through your life. Well, he could, but usually it's a certain time that you hire them to help you navigate life, you know, and he would ask several questions. And I thought these were some of them were great. You know, how do you define success? You know, to some people, success is living in a big house, having a Bentley, whatever it is to them. But if you had success, what would it look like to you? What are you willing to do to get it? So Joe can help you through, through the thought process. And I tell you, it's amazing. And there's stuff that I never even thought of because that's why he's trained and has a certificate in life coaching. Um, and we don't. Not everybody, you know, is it, we're all good at something. Choose the gift that you're good at and give it. Open that gift and share it with people. And then there's uh, alternewmedia.com. If you're looking for a marketing company, they are fantastic um, in every type of way of marketing, whether it's social media, uh, you know, through email, any way you want. They, they are, are great. So alternewmedia.com. And um, so I want to thank both of those two sponsors. I've used both. But back to, you know, the season of being kind. And, you know, I always end my podcast with be kind to yourself and be kind to others. But, you know, it's easy to just say be kind to yourself. And we say a lot of things as a cliche, but we really don't realize what are we saying even? Stop for a minute and think about what am I just saying? Am I just going through the motion? Like, oh, hi, how you doing? Everybody asks that, but does anybody really stop to listen to the answer? Because we just think everybody's going to say, oh, I'm great, oh, I'm fine, or whatever. Okay. You know, one time I, I did this and I said, I'm actually really depressed. And they went, oh, okay, good. So you, I could tell they weren't even listening. They're just already expecting the answer most people give. So are we really listening when we ask somebody, how are you doing? If you're not really going to be present in asking that, don't ask it. You know, you could just say hi. Um, so I've learned certain things since my son died of cliches and certain things people would say to me, you know, that so many, um, and this is one big one. I shared this with one of my doctors last week whose employee's son just took his life. And the woman is beside herself, um, almost on suicide watch, she said, and it's just just reminded me of, brought me back to that, that time in the beginning and the work that lies ahead for her, her husband, and a daughter. So it's almost the same situation. You know, she's left with a daughter. Her son took his life. He was 24, shot himself, and she didn't know anything. He, he didn't mention anything to her. Um, but come to find out, he had purchased that gun legally. And so it made her realize he had been thinking about doing this. It's not something that people just wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to go commit suicide today. They've been thinking it, about it for a while. 
So, uh, you know, I just, thinking about her and talking with him and what a great doctor and friend that she has as an employer and a friend. But, you know, he just actually just took to me as the patient because I was so close to the same script, the same, you know, um, scenario. And I I just feel terrible for her because I know what she's going to have to go through. We all have to go through it. But this was something that I know a lot of people say, you hear it on the news when someone gets killed and shot. You're in our prayers. You're all in our prayers. That's not true. You know, think about it. Maybe to some people that is, but to most people, every night, do you pray for the people that died in the parade in Wisconsin? We think about them. I feel horrible. I mean, I'm disgusted at, at the way the law is today and these the people that are rotten are getting out and getting away with things. And the good people pay a big price. It's, it seems to be flipping that way here in our country. But going back to you're in our prayers, uh, you're in my prayer, Jill. You know, I almost want to say, don't say that, because it's not really true. Um, you know, wh- whether then, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about them. It's, it's a horrible thing. Something different. But to say you're in our prayers to people that we don't really know, um, that's, it's not true, you know. And think about what you say to people. And don't say it if, if it's not real. Don't say it if it's not true. Don't just say something to say something. Um, so that was one thing. And I, and I had heard this from a lady on the news one time when I heard that her son had been shot in a fight in the street. Somebody shot him and they hadn't found him yet. And when she was interviewed, she was angry. And she said, you know what? I'm sick of hearing your, I'm in your prayers. Stop telling me that. Just go find who killed my son. So it goes to show you other people are thinking that too. It wasn't just me. And so anyway, th- those are things, you know, think about what you say to people. Be genuine. Try to compliment someone every day. That's something that I always say to myself. Because when you're nice and kind to someone and you see them, their face light up because maybe you said, you know, your hair really looks beautiful. Or I love that necklace. Or, you know, to a gentleman, whatever. You know, that, that, I love the beard on you. It looks great. You know, so most people don't say something kind. Not that they don't think it. They just don't say it. But people are quick to judging someone, putting someone down. Oh, my God, look how fat she is. Or you know, whatever, right? People think that or they'll say it. But God, to be kind is like pulling teeth, it seems like. So I'm really going to make an effort, more of an effort, let's say. I I already, I do, but I want to do more of it to be present and aware, to reach out to people and do something different, like just what I read to you. Something different, not the normal stuff. And here's another tip, guys. 
for those that are on social media and Facebook or whatever, if you're close to that person that has either lost someone, um, you know they're depressed and sad, don't say it and write it on Facebook. You know, if they post something about, like, you know, my son's birthday, um, and of course he's gone, so... Um, but I get family members that have my phone number put things on Facebook. And I have to tell you, I hate it. I actually won't even respond back to that. Because if that's all you can do, instead of reaching out to me and saying, Jill, I'm thinking about you. I know, you know, it's Mike's birthday today. Or don't, don't write to me on Facebook. So if I'm going to have a Facebook relationship with relatives, unless they live out of state or something, if you're local and that's how you're talking to me, I'm not responding. I'm going to tell you right now. So if you're doing that to others, please don't. It's, it's really just shallow that you can't take the time to reach out when you have their cell number or their home number. You know, if it's people, like I said, that live far away, like my family in Australia, obviously, you know, I just can't pick up the phone or go over there. So writing them, and even maybe a private message is nice because you took the time to write something, not just click like or love or the heart or, you know, thinking of you or just shit like that. I actually get annoyed with it. So I'm just sharing with you, me, okay? And... You're not going to probably find anybody that's more real, raw, than me. Um, I am honest to a fault. And for those that would like to reach out to me, you can at jill at aftermathofsuicide.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. But I strictly do it for my business, Um, not really socializing and personal stuff. Uh, So anyway... Think about what I've just said here and, you know, re-listen to it. Share it with someone. Share this podcast and my podcasts with others because we never know that it just can take one word or something I said to change them and to pay it forward. So please be kind to yourself and be kind to other people. Find someone today to be kind to. Take care.